Hello, you brave ladies coming out in the cold weather. Good job. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Nini, and I'm going to be sharing about Anna tonight. Connie has um, offered for uh, me to teach on her, so um, thank you very much. <laughs> so um, um, welcome also to our online audience. We, we love that you join us, and we're happy you're here. Um, the last couple of weeks, or hasn't it been great, like, learning about these women of the Bible? Have you all been blessed? It's so good, huh? And not only the teaching, but then our discussion has been really good. So um, it's just been awesome. And the last couple of weeks, we studied a couple of widows. Remember, we had Ruth, and then we had her mother-in-law, Naomi. Well, this week, we have one more widow, and her name is Anna. There's just a few verses on her, but I'm sure we're going to be able to learn lots. So will you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you and we thank you and praise you for this night that we can gather together in your name to seek you, Lord, and all that you have for us. Would you hope in our hearts to receive all that you have for us, God? We want to learn, we want to grow, and we want to be more like you. So, Lord, I pray that you would help me decrease, that you might increase, and your word might come forth on fertile ground. So we commit this time to you and pray your blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's daughters said, amen. amen. Okay, well, I'm going to give you a little introduction. Um, we're going to be in the book of Luke. And Luke um, was a doctor, and he was also a fellow co-laborer of Paul's. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. So we're very blessed with his writings. And in this book, he had did research and interviewed and studied so that he can put this book together. And in it, we find Anna. The place is Bethlehem, and the time is at the birth of Jesus. So Anna is at towards the end of uh, Luke chapter 2 in verses 36 and 38. But since we're clo so close to Christmas, and this is our last meeting before Christmas, and the story of Jesus' birth is earlier in this chapter, I thought we would just read those verses before we dig into Anna. So we're going to be in Luke 2, verses 6 through 14. And right before we start there, just to let you know, this is where the decree had went out by Caesar that a census was going to be taken, so everybody had to return to their homeland. And being that Joseph was of the lineage of David, he needed to return to Bethlehem. So him and his betrothed wife, Mary, went to Bethlehem. So we pick up in Luke chapter 2, verses 6. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. What a party was out there in the fields with the shepherds, right? That must have been an amazing night. And then, so after this, when the baby Jewish custom, when a male child was born, um, 
after eight days he'd be circumcised and they present him to God in the temple. So we're going to pick up in Luke um, 21, chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. And we read, And when the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, right? The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they were brought they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And it is, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So now they're at the temple where we're going to find Anna. Uh, but there's a cool guy that Anna served with there. His name was Simeon, and he comes a little before her, so um, I want to read about him too, which is in Luke 2, 25 through 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Hallelujah, Jesus is born. I love what it says about Simeon, though, where it says the Spirit was upon him, and then the Spirit revealed to him what was to come, and then it said he came by the Spirit. So when we're filled with the Spirit, when we have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say, and when we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to see Jesus just like Simeon. Amen? So um, Anna served in the temple. She's been, she's, uh, been there um, with Simeon. And so he probably shared what the Spirit had told him, right? Because if the Spirit told me something special like that, I'd be saying, hey, Connie, guess what the Lord told me? Hey, Susie, guess what? And then the shepherds probably also shared what happened out in the fields. So I think there just had to be expectation and excitement about the Savior arriving. So we're going to meet Anna now in Luke 2, 36 through 38. It said, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So we're going to look at these three verses of our sister Anna and see, um, look at some characteristics of hers and see what we can glean. The, what I noted, what I'm going to zero in on is her being a prophetess, her being a widow, a servant. She had a grateful heart and she was a witness. So starting with um, prophetess, it says now there was one Anna prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. I like, though, that it gives her lineage. It says she's of the tribe of Asher. This is one of the original 12 tribes of Israel. You know, these are Jacob's sons. 
Asher was son number eight from Leah's servant, Zilpah. Because remember, Jacob had his 12 sons, not only from his wives, the sisters Leah and Rachel, but also from their maidservants. So um, Asher was from Leah's servant, uh, Zilpah. And then it says she was the daughter of Phanuel. And I thought about this, and I thought, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have a new lineage, don't we? We are now daughters of God. We are daughters of the king. Have you ever wanted to be a princess? Well, you are, because you're a daughter of the king. So we can all put on our little crowns, our little tiaras. <laughs> so it also says that she was a prophetess, and a prophet speaks the word of God or speaks on behalf of God. So being that Anna was in the temple for all this time, she had to know the law of Moses. She heard the words of the prophets, right? She probably read some scrolls that were going around, but she knew the word of God, right? And you got to know the word to speak the word. So um, if we know the word, we're going to be able to speak truth and we're going to be able to speak the word of God. So to be like Anna, we need, to be, um, we need to be in the word. We can sit before the Lord in his word and let it permeate our hearts, and then it gets written upon our hearts. And I love in the Psalm 119 where it says that your word I have written upon my heart that I may not sin against you. If we have his word in our heart, it's going to keep us from sin, ladies. We need that help, Right. And when it's written on her heart, not only that, it's not only for us, but we're going to be able to share it with others. So let's be wow women, women of the word, right? We can all be wow women. That comes from being daily in the word, right? The, the word is our daily bread. So just like we feed our physical body three times a day, some maybe more, some maybe less, but we feed our physical body daily. So we need to feed our spirit also, right? So how, how does your spirit look? How are you feeding it? Is it, are you fit? We don't want to be, um, have mal malnutrition spirits, right? We want to be spiritually fit. So be in the word daily. Psalm 19:14 says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If we're in the word, then our words will be acceptable to the Lord. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is coming out of your mouth, ladies? You know the saying, trash in, trash out, right? But if we're in the word, if we're putting the word in, good is going to come out. So we're going to benefit from being wow women, being in the word. And tonight I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures throughout this study. So if something, you know, um, ministers to you, then jot it down and then go home and be a woman of the word and look it up and take it in context and all that. And you could dig in. It continues in 36 and says that she was of great age. And the New Living Translation says that she was very old. So it's like, okay, we kind of get that. But what I love is it tells us that the elderly are still useful in God's kingdom. We're never too old to serve God. I love it. As long as we have breath, ladies, the Lord will use us. So um, I love that Anna represents there for the elderly. And then next we learn that she's a widow. It said that she had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. So 
she's probably 96 or older, because if she was married for seven years and then um, was a widow for 84 years, um, that was a long time. But she had to be young when she got married, and then she was only married seven years and lost her husband. Widows then, they would need support or care. And usually their kids would take care of them, but she was only married seven years and we don't learn anything about Anna's children. So um, she would need support or care unless she got remarried. But Anna didn't go and sign up for widows.com. Anna went to the temple. She, the, pain, the pain of losing her husband didn't take her out. What that pain did was draw her closer to the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, when we were in our discussion time, I love that Susie brought up crying tears forward or crying tears backwards. And that's when we go through these pain and hardships. And there's going to be tears because we get hurt and there's pain and there's sorrow. And so the tears are part of our grieving. So we have to go through that. But when you shed your tears, you get up and you keep moving forward. Don't let it keep you stuck or don't keep looking back. We'll cry tears forward, right? I love that. That's a little one that I'll keep in my Bible. Um, So Anna also did not turn bitter. She made a choice to be better. And I believe it is a choice. In times like, like that or in times that we experience, it's not easy to make the, the good choice, but it's possible. And I know that because the Bible says so. The Bible says that with God, does anybody know that? With God, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're falling asleep because of the heaters. (laughs) But God tells us that all things are possible, even the hard things, ladies, because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? On our own, we can't. It's too big for us. It's overwhelming. It's too big. But God, with God, through God's strength, he, we can do these things. So um, Anna went to the temple. And where we go when we're encountering these trials and hardships and heartaches, where we go matters, ladies. It matters. She went to the temple. She went to a good place. She made a good choice. And the choices you make really matter because there are always consequences to our choices. If you made bad choices, there's going to be consequences. Now, God still loves us. God will forgive us, but there's consequences to our sin. And a lot of time, if we, if we make a bad choice and we fall into sin, it's never just me that it hurts. It hurts my family. It hurts my friends. Sin is, is, is bad. It's like a cancer. It spreads. So the choices we make matter. So if you make bad choices, there's going to be consequences. But if you make good choices, you'll stay under the umbrella of God's protection and love. So we want to make good choices, right? And also, when you encounter these trials, where do you turn first? Do you turn to your husband? Do you turn to your best friend? Do you turn to the Internet or social media? (laughs) Yeah, thank you. No. God should be the first one we turn to. He should be our first responder, our 911, our speed dial, right? He should be number one. Now, your husband and your best friends are great to talk to, but Jesus is first. He's our wonderful counselor. He's the one that can bring us through. And when we do, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 tells us, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Isn't he so good? He's the God of all comfort. And when we're going through our trial, he's going to bring us through. Even times when we don't think we're going to make it. I don't know about this one, Lord. It's too big. But he brings us through, and then um, he'll allow us to comfort others. Because how often, how often does that happen in your life? You go through something, a major trial, um, and then, you know, God brings you through. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then he brings a person in your life that's going through the same thing. Right? So then he wants you to use what he's comforted you with to comfort that person. He's a good God, and he wants to use us in that way. And I can imagine how many widows Anna encouraged being at the temple for all those years. So also for, for widows like Anna, I know there's some here, you know, that are widows. And, and I've seen my mom go through this too. And during that time, it's a new, it, it's a new normal, right? It's a, it's a whole new way of life. And so some other widows came alongside of my mom, and they encouraged her. And they gave her scriptures, and they prayed with her, and they encouraged her on the road before her. And you know what? My mom is standing strong, and her faith in God has been awesome because people have come alongside. And now my mom encourages other widows. So I love how God does that. So he's definitely not done with the widows. I love how he used widows. And, and um, there are a lot here at Calvary Chapel South Bay. And they're such a blessing. They love the Lord and they love to serve. And I've had the privilege of co-laboring with a lot of them. And the Bible tells us that God loves and cares for the widow. So there's a few verses I'm going to read. Psalm 68.5 says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Psalm 146.9 says, The Lord protects the foreigners among us, and he cares for the orphans and the widows. And then Proverbs 15.25 says, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of the widows. Isn't that cool? He speaks often of the widow because he's for them. And widows, widowhood and even singleness... It's a season for us to serve, ladies. Not that God doesn't use married ladies, because he does. We know that by our pastor's wife, right? And, and Susie, and there's a lot of you married ladies that are serving. But for the widow and the single person, we have a little more time on our hands. We're not taking care of our husbands or our families. We have a little more time on our hands to serve. Which brings us to our next point about Anna. Anna was a servant. And it said that she didn't depart from the temple but serve God day and night. And so this tells me that she was sold out. Anna was devoted to serving the Lord and his people. And it always comes to his people too, because you can't serve in a temple and not serve people. You can't serve at the church and not serve people, because the church is people, right? So she was devoted to serving the Lord and his people. She committed herself to a place where she would find hope, healing, and peace. Again, where we place ourselves matters. Place yourself in a good place, ladies. I can relate just a little bit to Anna because I've been serving in the ministry a little over 20 years. I started when I was 15. 
This morning it was 10. Now I put it up five more years. <laughs> it's still a big lie. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, Lord. Um, but it's been the best job I have ever had. I love what the Lord has called me to do in ministry. What he allows um, just me to see and to witness, you know, people giving their lives to the Lord. I mean, still every service, people are giving their lives to the Lord. That never gets old. People's lives are restored. There's healing physically, emotionally. Relationships are healed. Marriages are healed. People are encouraged and uplifted. And it's just like there's nothing greater in this world than seeing God's hand at work in a life. And I am just so privileged and honored that he called me into the ministry. And I've been, that's been a little over 20 years for me. Anna was there 84 years. That woman must have seen so much and been so blessed and just her faithfulness. The more you see the God, the, the more you see the Lord's faithfulness, the more you want to stay with him and keep following him because it just gets better and better with the Lord every day. It doesn't go backwards. It just gets better. You think like, okay, I've arrived. I've known the Lord this long. And then boom, he opens this whole other world that, of knowing him more. So it just gets better and better. One way that Anna served the Lord was through prayer and fasting. A way that we can serve God is through prayer. Prayer is a way to communicate and seek God, and it's a powerful part of ministry. We do it a lot here at Calvary Chapel South Bay. But it's not just for people in the ministry. It's available to all of us. So we can be women of prayer. We could be well women, women of the word, and also women of prayer. Because prayer accomplishes much. James 5.16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, our own righteousness is as filthy rags, right? We all know that. But because of the blood of Jesus, his righteousness covers us, right? And if we're well women in the word, if we're, you know, women of prayer, if we're following what the Lord tells us in, in his word, then we're going to be these righteous people who can pray with great power that produces wonderful results. Isn't that encouraging? That makes me want to pray more. Like, okay, Lord, let's, let's get our list down and pray. It strengthens our relationship with the Lord because it's communicating with him. It's spending time with him. It's getting to know him more. And we can also intercede for others through prayer, right? We have our own relationship with God through prayer, but we can intercede for others. And I love this because this is a way we can be like Jesus because the Bible tells us that Jesus is in heaven making intercession for us. So we got Jesus praying for us, and we can in turn pray for others. Anna didn't just pray, though. It said prayer and fasting. She took it up a notch. So fasting, that's a little deeper, and that could be another study. But also when we deny our flesh, when we starve our flesh, our spirit is strengthened. So fasting is a way to just go a little deeper in your prayer life and drawing closer to God. But it said she did this night and day. Not like she didn't pray once a week or once a month, pray and fast. She said she did it night and day. And this is a rhetorical question, so you don't have to answer out loud, but how often do you pray? And then I'll ask, how often can we pray? We can pray 24-7, right? Because God is always available. We can pray morning, noon, and night. We can pray in our car. We can pray at work. We can pray anywhere. Psalm 121.4 says, Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Our God never sleeps. He's always available. He's always awake. He's always ready to hear from us and ready to answer. 
So if you have nights of insomnia, because I know that happens to a lot, or if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep, you know, then talk to him. Use that time to talk to him and pray and ask him. It's, it's not that he doesn't know because God's aware of everything. So use that time. Use that time to talk to him, pour your heart out to him for, for even for having insomnia. Lord, you know, how long? But then use that time to intercede for others. While we're awake, Lord, let's chat. Let's talk. Who can we cover in prayer, right? You could talk to him about your concerns, family members, friends, the world, anything. God loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear from his children. So use that time. Our final verse reads, and the coming and then coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, remember, she came in after Simeon was there with uh, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. So Simeon's blessing and dedicating baby Jesus to the Lord, and she knew it was Jesus when she walked in. The Messiah that Simeon had been forewarned about, that he was told he would see before he died, was there in the temple when Anna walked in. How cool is that? That must have been so amazing. Because she was in the temple, because she was serving, and because she was waiting on the Lord with expectation, Anna saw Jesus, right? So, you know, are we serving? Are we, you know, staying in fellowship? Are we serving? Are we waiting with expectation? We read also that she gave thanks. She had a grateful heart. And that's important to have a grateful heart, right? Because God is good. I'm going to share some verses about um, giving thanks. In Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you're doing in work or deed, just give thanks to him. Because he gives us the strength to do it, right? Psalm 104 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Right? We have much to be thankful for. Psalm 107.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Wow, I'm thankful for that. That's good. And 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So that pretty much covers it, right? And everything give thanks. And I love that people sometimes ask, well, I don't know what the will of God is. You know, what's the will of God? And when we come across verses like this, it's very cool. When you're giving thanks, when you're thankful, you're doing the will of God. That could be a check on our list, huh? Thank you, Lord. I'm in your will. I'm being thankful. And next week is Thanksgiving. How fast, right? But wouldn't it be special to sit around at our family gathering small, of course, due to COVID, but sitting at our family gatherings and before partaking of all that the Lord has blessed us with, because if you're like our family, you have way too much food. But um, before you do that, to give thanks to God. I thought it would be so cool, like for each person to go around and thank God for something, one thing. Some may have more, but at least one thing. Just to pause and give him thanks. It's been a unique year. With this pandemic, with the social distancing, with the no gathering, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been very unique. And there's been unrest. 
there's been loss of loved ones due to COVID or not. I know in our family we had great loss, you know, and I know many of you have too. But in all that, but God. Even through it all, we have a reason to give thanks. God is sovereign and in control of all things. If we believe that, we know he's still in control no matter how crazy the world looks, no matter what's going on in my life. God is sovereign and in control. I'm thankful for that. God is good, always, not sometimes, but always. And God has saved us for eternity. We have a reservation in heaven. So regardless of what we're going through now, we still have things to be thankful for. And I think if we can find one reason to thank God, we're going to find there's much more to be thankful for. We just got to get started in, the, in that, in being thankful. And then finally, we learn that Anna was a great witness. It says, she spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And the New Living Translation says, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly. Our world is sad and torn. It's wicked and bruised and it's hopeless. But ladies, we have hope. We have the light of the world. We, we have Jesus in me, the hope of glory, right? So we are hope for the darkness in this world. We are the light. Share Jesus with others. God's going to send people your way that are confused, they're, they're lost, they're discouraged. He'll send them your way and share with them. Just tell them what you know. You might think, well, um, I'm not like Greg Laurie. I'm not an evangelist. I don't know what to say. But when we had our discussion a few weeks ago, again, I love our discussion. We talked about when, when it comes time to sharing, if you don't know what to say, go back to what you do know. And we talked about what we know about God. And I jotted a few things down. We said that what we know about God is that he's good. We know that God does not lie. We know that God's promises are true. We know that his love never fails, that he's for us and not against us. God loves us, and God has a plan for us. That's just a few of the things I jotted down. That's what we know. So when God sends people your way, tell them what you know. You know this, ladies. You've been coming. You've been learning. You've been growing. We can share that with others. So just in concluding, in concluding, um, all this for tonight. Anna was a servant. She waited on the Lord with expectation. A long time she waited on the Lord. And we know that Jesus went to prepare a place for us, right? He said he's going to come back. So are you waiting with expectation? We should be. Waiting isn't always easy, but it's good. So I have some verses for you on waiting. Psalm 24 Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He's saying, be courageous. Don't be fearful. Just wait on the Lord, and he'll strengthen your heart. Isaiah 30, 18 says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. The Lord waits not to torture you, not to drive you crazy. The Lord waits that he may be more gracious to you. So think about that when you're mad because you're waiting. 
He's waiting to be more gracious to you. That is very cool. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Are you feeling weary? Are you feeling faint? Those who wait on the Lord will be renewed. He said that you'll, you'll mount up on wings like eagles. You're going to run and not be weary. I don't think I can run to the back of these chairs and not be tired. But he says that we'll run and not be weary. So God is working in the waiting, ladies. So, so just know that. Anna served the Lord faithfully and with gladness. And she used her gifts for others. In 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, it tells us, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. You hear that? God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Not use them well to serve yourself. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies because he will supply you with all that you need. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So when we're serving God in his, in, by his spirit, he's gonna, um, it'll bring glory to him. It's going to glorify our Father in heaven, but it'll be him working through us. We just need to yield and let his spirit do the work in us. When we focus on, on others and serving them, God does healing in our own heart. He'll take care of our needs. Just focus on someone else. Focus on serving others, and then God, God will fulfill our needs. And you might think, be thinking, well, where can I serve? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know where to serve. Um, Titus 2 tells us that the older women can train up the younger. That's something we can do during this COVID time. In, in Titus 2, it says, teach them to love their husbands and children, to live wisely and be pure, to work, work in their home and do good. Just, um, you know, working in the home, we all should be working in our home. God has created us to work, not to be um, princesses who just sit around, but to work. So, um, you know, during this uh, COVID season, I was saying, talk about spring cleaning. You could do winter, spring, summer, and fall, right? We've had a lot of time. So your junk drawer should be clean, or, you know, our closet should be minimal. We should be able to be working on these kind of things. But um, um, also I found um, I've become quite a good gardener. I've been working in my yard a lot. So you could discover skills you didn't know you had in this season. But um, you could teach these younger practical things, how to clean how to cook, how to sew. Way back in the day when I was in high school, we had home economics where they taught young women how to cook and how to sew. They don't do that anymore. So it's, it's our part, ladies, to pour into the younger generation and, and to help them. Teach them how to set a table, how to do laundry, so that when they go out, the, out into the world, when they move out on their own, they'll be set up for success, not failure. So we can pour into them. And we can teach them godly principles, things we're learning here, right? Kindness, considering others to be humble. They don't learn this in the world. Teach them about a devotional life. 
how to read their Bible every day. Let them know that the Lord is where their help comes from, that he, he will be with them in and through everything. We can mentor someone. At some point, when you think back to when you first gave your life to the Lord, a sister came along your side, I'm sure, and prayed with you, prayed for you, shared scripture with you, helped you work things out as you're transitioning from that old life into the new life. Somebody mentored you. So how about we pay it forward and pour into someone else? And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always pour into someone else. So think about how someone blessed you and you can in turn bless somebody else. And in all this, ladies, don't grow weary in doing good because it is good. And the, the word tells us that in due season, we will reap blessings if we do not give up. So don't quit. Don't quit on the person you're pouring into. Maybe they're not returning your calls. Maybe they're not growing as fast as you like them to. Don't give up. God never gave up on us, so don't give up on, on those you're pouring into, okay? Anna was a woman of prayer. So let's commit to increasing our prayer life. Even now, we're going to be on break for a couple of months, so you can maybe exchange, um, get a prayer partner from the Bible study. So you're not going to be seeing her every Tuesday. Maybe you guys can pray with each other every Tuesday, once a week, or daily, or whatever you need. But find a prayer partner that you can pray with. Anna also shared Jesus. If our hearts are full, we will overflow onto others. So it needs to be full of the Lord, right? Because when we get bumped, something's going to come out. So we want it to be good. Jesus loved us so much that he died for us, right? He died so we could spend eternity with him. Now, I love my family, and I would hope I would lay my life down for them. But Jesus did it even while we were yet sinners. That's how much he loved us, so that we could spend eternity with him. And our names are written in the book of life. That's exciting, right? Talking about Jesus is uplifting. I love even when you say Jesus, it like kind of makes you smile, right? Jesus. So just say his name a lot. When you're sad, Jesus. And it'll make you happy. Um, I want to share a little story. A couple of weeks ago, I was on a Zoom call with my mom and my Nina. My Nina is my godmother. And these are two Annas in my life. One is 78 and one is 80. They are both widows and they both love the Lord with all their heart. So we do devotions together four to five times a week on a Zoom call. And so one day we're reading Luke chapter 10, verse 20, where Jesus is talking and saying, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And we got so excited about our names being written in heaven. We were just like, they're talking, I'm talking, and it's like, yeah, my real name's Janine. So I said, it's going to say Janine Nini Luna, because I'm a friend of God, and my friends call me Nini. So I know it's going to say that. So we were just so excited. So when you're talking to others about the Lord, it does, it encourages and uplifts. So it's just such a good thing to do. It's when we talk about um, God's word with somebody else, it's exciting, encouraging, fulfilling, refreshing, and it's just good. That's why in Ephesians it says to speak to one another in psalms and spiritual songs. Because when we're speaking the word into each other's lives, it's, it, it's, um, it's edifying, it's encouraging, it's uplifting. So let's be servants like Anna. Regardless of our circumstances, let's commit to being in the temple. That's in church and fellowship. You ladies, 
Good job being here and finishing, coming out at night in the cold. You guys are amazing, so good job. Being um, wow women, we wanna be women of the word. You're doing that too, you're coming to get in the word weekly. I tell you, take it a notch further and do it daily in your personal devotions if you're not. Be woman of prayer. Serve the Lord by serving others. Have a grateful heart and share the love of Jesus. Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming. You're going to be around family and friends. Shine the light of Jesus. Let's share his love with them. Amen? I think this is the desire of our hearts. I think deep down we all want to be like an Anna. And Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I'm going to close in prayer, and Lauren's going to come up and sing a song. Let her rejoice over you with singing. Let it be the prayer of your heart. And whenever you feel like you just jump in there and sing too. But um, just to, to settle what God has spoken to you and to just, um, you know, commit in our hearts, God, we want to be like Anna. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for our sister Anna in the Bible. For In these three little verses, Lord, we can learn so much. Thank you for all the women we've been studying. Thank you for the whole Bible, God, that, that is our, our, um, our map to life, Lord, how to live, how to be pleasing, how to get closer to you, how to, um, Lord, just live in this world until you take us home. So, God, I pray that all these parts that we learned about, Anna, God, that it would be evident in our lives, that we would impact others, God, by being servants, God, and by being women of the word, by being women of prayer, God. So would you um, continue to be our strength for this, um, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, God? Would you bless these ladies, God? Would you fill their house, their homes with your spirit, God? And God, for all those of us who have unsaved loved ones, Lord, help us to be a light, God. Help us to love them, God, like you loved us before we came to you. Help us to be you in our homes, God, to these that don't know you. So we love you, Lord. We thank you for this time, and we pray um, that you would just continue to love us like you do, Lord. We're so blessed to be loved by you. So we pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.